Packers Daily with Jason Mertides. Thursday, April 22nd edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. Flyers will be back in action tonight after their first, I guess, pronounced or multi-day break uh, since February 7th. Three days. They had two days off between one of the games recently, but uh, this is the first time they've had three non-day of games leading into this one tonight. And we'll see if that rest and practice time help this team as the final 11 games are set to commence in New York tonight against the Rangers. The entire division was off last night, the East Division, so the standings remain the same. And they are as follows. The Caps and the Islanders tied at the top of the division, each with 62 points, each with identical records through 46 games of 29-13-4. The Pittsburgh Penguins holding down the third spot right now, one point back of the Isles and Caps. The Bruins, with that five-game win streak now, only three back of Pittsburgh with 58 points. And the New York Rangers, the opposition tonight, holding down the fifth spot with 52 points through 46 games. And the Flyers in the sixth spot through 45 games with 47 points. The Flyers have lost two. The Rangers did lose their last one heading into this one, and a couple of teams in the division have now been eliminated uh, mathematically from playoff contention. That's the Devils and the Sabres. Flyers will be back at it, like I said tonight, looking to contain Mika Zibanejad, and he has been a problem for this team the entire season. Six games played between the Flyers and the Rangers so far, and Zibanejad's got seven goals, eight assists, and 15 points. It's an insane number. He just absolutely lit the team up, back-to-back six-point games. And Mika Zibanejad, in his career, has 32 games played against the Flyers, only 13 goals, 10 assists, and 23 points. So heading into this season, Zibanejad did not really shred the Flyers. It's been this season where he's just been absolutely unbelievable in those six games and 15 points. The Flyers own a 2-2-1 record against the Rangers, and they've been outscored in the season series 31-16. to And when you look at the Rangers and you look at where they are in the standings on the outside looking in, and they have a plus 28 goal differential. It's, it's, that's incredible. I mean, they have the best goal differential in the division. Now, part of that is the 9-0 and the 8-3 win over the Flyers. Uh, But Elliot Friedman in his weekly 31 Thoughts column on Sportsnet.ca actually wrote about that this week. When he wrote it, it was plus 33 goal differential. And he said, I can't find an example of a team with a goal differential that strong that didn't make the playoffs. And like the Flyers, the Rangers are up against it. The math is not really in their favor to go to the postseason because the Boston Bruins have two games in hand on the Rangers, one game in hand on the Flyers. So Flyers-Rangers tonight, and we'll see if uh, another record can topple in Flyers franchise history. And that would be for the third spot in scoring and points all time for the Philadelphia Flyers. Brian Propp holds that spot right now with 849 points as a Philadelphia Flyer, but knocking on the door at number four is the captain, number 28, Claude Giroux. Can he tie Prop tonight, surpass Prop tonight? He most certainly will end up doing that and also catching Bob, uh, Bill Barber, rather, who's got 883 career points as a Flyer. Nobody's catching Bob Clark. 1,210, uh, but Claude Giroux could end up second, probably will end up second on the all-time Flyers points list. Uh, but to talk about that, to talk about a record uh, being toppled, and to talk about Claude Giroux and his career, and his own career, how about the proper joins us on this episode of Flyers Daily? 
the master of the guffaw, and it's Brian Prop right now joining us on Flyers Daily. Proper, how are you? Yeah, guffaw. How you doing today, Jason? <laughs> I still love the guffaw. It puts a smile on my face. It should, because uh, I started that in the mid-'80s. Uh, I got it from Howie Mandel, the Canadian, and uh, it, it took off after that, but it's, uh, it still works. I didn't know that it started in the mid-'80s. I, I thought that was with you all the, all the way through. No, it's in the mid-'80s, like, uh, he went to his shows in Atlantic City, and then when I was there, uh, I went to a couple of his shows, and then I saw him, and I, so I just... I, I wanted to do something a little different uh, after my first uh, few years. I just wanted to have more excitement and uh, do the guffaw. So I started it in the mid 80s and then uh, he found out about it. He didn't mind that I trademarked it. Oh, that's awesome. And you, you have a website actually, guffawcigars.com. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty new. Like uh, it's, I've had that for the last year. And so like I have my own cigar brand from the Dominican Republic. And uh, anybody that wants to check it out, uh, everything's online. But I usually have them with me, too. But they're really excellent. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about some of your other stuff that you're into here as we get through this as well. But I wanted to get you on because as we're at this, this point in the season right now, um, there's somebody knocking on your door. And it's not at your house. It's on your Flyers all-time record of points. You're third in franchise history with 849 points. And Sitting right below you at 848, knocking on the door right now, is the Flyers captain, number 28, Claude Giroux. So I wanted to get you on, but I just want to give some context real quick, proper, to, to some of the, you know, your your prolific scoring and point production as a Flyer. I mean, you're number two in, in, the, in the entire organization for goals, just behind uh, Bill Barber with 369. You're fourth in games played. You're number three in assists for the team. You're third in in, in points. And you look at it and, I mean, goals and everything, it's all there. Plus, minus, you're fourth. Even strength goals, you're second in the organization. Can you kind of sum up at all these years later when you look back at your Flyer career, how successful it was, what it meant to you? Yeah, well, it started when I, when I started with uh, Bobby Clark in 79 because he taught me how to be a good leader. And I, I was always uh, worked really hard, but when I was young, I didn't know much better. And then when Pat Croce joined the team, it made a, a difference with me just to work out a little bit different. And so I think I, I credit uh, Pat to have a, uh, expand my career for five years. And so I was there with the Flyers uh, almost 11 years and, uh, and we made the, made the playoffs every week, every year. And we played with the good teams. You know, Bob Clark was uh, key. And then uh, then I moved to Tim Kerr and Dave Poulin and Brad McCrimmon and Mark Howe. So we, all, we had good coaches and great players. At that time in the 80s, we didn't make a lot of money. And uh, so, but we played as a team. So you know, I could have usually had more points, but, you know, I, I just like to win and, and play consistent, which... Uh, you know, and I like, uh, you know, I know Mark Recchi, like I really try to ma model after him because he's very consistent and a great player. Yeah, well, you were as well. I mean, you played all said and done in the NHL, 1,016 games. You had 1,004 points as a flyer, 790 games, 849 points. And, you you know, I didn't really ever think of that, but you, you kind of bridged two eras, the era of the Broad Street Bullies and in the very late 70s with Clark and Barber and all those guys, and then ushered in those great teams of the 80s. What, what was the difference kind of 
in the group from those two groups. Both of them were great teams. We know the, the teams in the 70s won the back-to-back Cups, got to another one in 76, and then you guys got there in 80, and then again in 85 and 87. But what was the difference kind of between the two groups as, as a group of teammates? Yeah, so like uh, I think in the 80s, uh, it, it, it took off because the Islanders won four in a row and then Edmonton was so strong yeah. you know, for four years. And so you, you, you didn't have really much of a chance uh, against them because they were too powerful and they didn't make that much money, but they, they stayed together for a, a few years. And just like we did, uh, we, we, we played for a lot of years, uh, eight or 10 years, and then we kind of moved from there. So for the Flyers, it was it was great for me because, uh, you know, I had a good chance to be in three finals and then I got traded and, and I went to the finals in Boston and then in, in Minnesota. So you, you, you learn especially at that in my first year, like I, you know, it was a learning experience. And then a couple of years after that, my first uh, two years that we, we uh, went out of the playoffs in the second, first round. So I learned from that to be a much better player in the playoffs, you know? And so like, uh, you know, I, I got roasted a little bit for, for not scoring too much, but you know, uh, the other goalies played pretty well too, but I had to learn to be a better player in the playoffs and, you know, because the regular season doesn't really make a difference, you know, you, you mm-hmm. can get points and, but when you, when it counts on the playoffs, that's where it really counts out. You're absolutely right. I mean, I look at your, especially in the second half of your career, your playoff numbers, uh, for instance, in, in 84-85, you had 18 points in 19 games. In 86-87, that run to the finals, 26 games, how about 28 points? Not too shabby. A 23-point playoff run in there in 89, it was cut short for you. Uh, but uh, yeah, some great performances. What's the difference between being able to execute in the playoffs and being able to execute in the regular season? I know real estate's a lot tougher to come by in the playoffs. Yeah, but I think uh, you get a, you get a, get used to uh, pre- 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 prepare the right way, and then so in the '80s we also had a sports psychologist called uh, you know, Steve Rosenberg that really made a big difference. Like you know, a guy like uh, Brad McCrimmon and Mark Howe, like the better players used us uh, because we learned how to uh, relax and to think about the game a little more clear and uh, and uh, in your mind it makes a big difference to how you prepare and so uh, i know from uh, the early 80s especially my after my fourth year i knew that i had to be much player in the playoffs and so and, you know and, and you learn from that uh, you it's tough you're playing against the best players in the world and it's tough to score goals too but i made a, a point that i wanted to score every game you know, and I made I made that a, uh, to make it known that I wanted to score every game because that's what the best players do. Is they they want to be uh, score. You know, the assists you know sometimes come uh, by 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 themselves, but to be a scorer, it's so much tougher in the playoffs. And so I I concentrated on being the. the Best player in the playoffs. Proper. Did it ever get old? I, I can't imagine it did at, at any level. I mean, you scored at every level. And I imagine as a youth player growing up, you did as well. Uh, but it never got old. With that, that feeling when the puck crosses the line and you shot it in, did it? Oh, yeah. And I still skate uh, a couple of days a week. Like we, I skated this morning at Pensacola and Skate Zone with a couple of guys that I know. Uh, it's uh, guys that I've known for 25 years and I scored five goals uh, yeah, this morning. <laughs> and it still feels good that there's like this oh, sense of yeah, accomplishment. No, 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 it's elation. Well, even with my hand, my hand doesn't work that well. 
but I just shoot it to the right place and uh, the goalies aren't that good. So, uh, you know, give them hell. Well, I wasn't out there, so they must have been at least better than I. Um, <laughs> let me ask you about playing it, uh, for a couple of guys. First of all, do you, what do you remember of the 35-game unbeaten streak or, or w- without losing a game? Well, that was my, my first game. I scored the game winner and had an assist when I was playing with Re- uh, Bob Clark and Reggie Leach. And then, then we won. It was against the Islanders, and I remember that game because I, yeah, I scored the game winner, and it's my first game. And then, then we lost nine to two. And then I was like, "Wow, is this what the NHL is going to be like?" And then we went thirty-five without a loss. But you I think so. Your was, third game was the start of that streak. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and then we then we did 35, 35 without a loss. But uh, Pat Quinn was a great coach. But we had the good leaders. Uh, we had we had uh, four lines of players that were tough and knew how to win. And so, and at that year, Pete Peter Pete Peters was a rookie, and Phil Mir was a uh, he played also. Uh, so, but Pete played really well in uh, that year too. Uh, but uh, I think it's because when we learned how to win, it made a big difference because you didn't want to lose twice in a row, and you had to be consistent. I think that you know. Sometimes the flyers are inconsistent the last few years yeah. and uh, that sign, uh, but uh, we had tough players and we, uh, you know, had Bob Clark as a leader and we learned how to win and never take it for granted. Yeah. And you know, it, it starts to take on a life of its own too. the, the streak it's, it's a, being talked about night in and night out. And eventually it's got to end when it ended. Was there a sense of relief almost amongst the room that we can stop talking about that part of it. Now we can just move forward with our season. Well, it was 35, which was a long, long time. But I think it was in the in the, the 20s when we started to start take notice. Uh, I mean, well, maybe before that, but when we were 20 in a row, and then uh, then people started to to uh, try to beat us, and then then when we uh, beat in Boston uh, or tie them and then against Monster Montreal, and so like then we kept moving on, and then it, it got a little easier after that. Uh, but because there was no pressure anymore, yeah. and then uh, then Minnesota, we lost. Uh, seven to one and they had, they had like five power play goals against us but you know then, then we decided hey let, let, let's start it again so yep. that's why we did a good job I mean, you know you, you you let lose one but then you get right back yeah and, and the key thing you said too was not, not to lose two straight don't let one turn into two don't let two turn into three yeah. uh, let me ask you about uh, the years playing for Mike Keenan because you know, Mike was a young coach at that time, his first NHL head coaching gig. And and we know that he was called Iron Mike for a reason. And he was a hard ass and he was he demanded the, the best of you that he could get out of every player. What was it like playing for Mike Keenan? Well, actually, uh, I really liked it because he, play, he played to win every game. Even if even if if you were down a couple goals, he'd play two lines and then uh, to get you back in. And then, then after time, like if you if you you led, uh, you played the third or fourth line guys, and they played better defensive. But you know, of course, having a guy like a Mark Howe and a Brad McCrimmon and uh, Dave Poole and as leaders, you know, you 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 didn't have to ask them for much because like Keenan just kind of, especially uh, in '85, we had five, four rookies with the Tockett, Zazel, uh, Mellonby, and Smith. You know, yeah. so you, you, it was kind of changing of the uh, guy. You know, when we had the young guys that learned from uh, Pat Crochin how to work, work out, and uh, and we had the the older guys that kind of put it together. Uh, so you know, Keen uh, Keenan was uh, he was tough, but 
you know, like he, he, he used to yell at me all the time, but I, I just smirk and not even say anything. And then if he, if he really yelled at me, then, you know, I, I didn't, didn't get upset because I knew I was a good player. And, and so what, but what he did was that he'd yell at other people and then he'd call you in the office the next day. And just say, hey, listen, I'm sorry I was upset, or you know, just let smooth it out. Commit the crime, then beg for forgiveness. That's the that's the old right. Keaton motto. I love it. Um, let me ask you about uh, playing those two Cup finals in '85 and '87. I mean, you look at that Edmonton team, and you don't need to look at it on paper because you know what every one of those guys became. And and it wasn't just Gretzky, who, in my opinion, is the best to ever play, but it was Messier, it was Kevin Lowe. It was Charlie Huddy. It went on and on and on, right? Yari Curry. Uh, you know, playing against a team like that, I imagine it's got to feel almost suffocating because they never let you up for air. So you got to be mistake-free. Yeah, and, and uh, Grant Fuhrer was a good goalie, too. He played yep. like the winner guy, winner uh, to win every game. And, uh, you know, they, they had uh, too much offense. And at, at that time, that year, like in the 80s, uh, it, they, 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 the Edmonton just kind of rolled across the play, playoffs and didn't get hurt. And then you know, for us, we had a battle of the, the tough division and, and trying, trying not to get hurt. I don't know that one year, uh, Brad McCrimmon got hurt in the Quebec, to, and that hurt us. And then the 80s, 87, Tim Kerr didn't yeah. even play. And then we were banged up with Mark Howe and Dave Poulin and Ilka. You know, so it made a difference uh, where we did as good as we could. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm very happy that we uh, played as well as we did in game seven in 80, 87. Yeah, boy. I mean, it was fascinating. I remember the Daniel Gold, you know, standing in the living room, jumping up and down and just how incredible it was. My parents came home. My mom had a splitting headache. She said it's the loudest she's ever heard anything. <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I remember because I scored a tying goal with uh, six minutes left and then uh, JJ scored with three minutes left. And so, you know, it was really ex exciting for us because like Hextall played out of his mind most oh. of the time too. But, you know, and unfortunately in game seven, uh, Edmonton was, was too strong for us. I mean, heck, he played unbelievable. Otherwise, it would have been less than that, or worse than that. But, you know, it gave us a chance to at least to have the chance to win a Stanley Cup. And uh, I, I remember that I, I know that it, probably for me, the best playoff game I ever played was a uh, game uh, five in Edmonton where I had four assists. And then we had forced the game uh, six and then where it, where it tied and then we won. Just to, otherwise, it, you know, it was, at least it gives us a better story. You know, seven games was uh, you, we didn't give up and we, we fought to the end. Yeah, absolutely. What, what a run that was. It was so fascinating. Uh, proper, let's go to 89 because, um, you know, if you just type in into YouTube Chelios, the one thing that comes up is Chelios hit. And it's the hit on you in the corner. What do you remember of the hit? Do you remember the hit? I, I know you were out and you hit your head on the ice as well. Uh, but, but what do you remember of that? Well, it was a tough series of the years, uh, the, the, the game before that. It was game seven in Pittsburgh, in Pittsburgh where we beat, beat them uh, to, form, you know, to, to get into Montreal uh, the, the finals uh, the, in the conference finals. And so I remember the first period, you know, where I was just coming from behind and then Chelios just hit me from behind really high, an elbow, uh, really unnecessarily because of that year, that, that, that year I was leading the playoffs in, in scores that year. And so yeah, he knocked me out. And so I was out completely for the, the whole night. And, uh, and, you know, we, you know, I uh, didn't know where I was. And then, 
but then we, uh, you know, I, I only missed one game. And then, you know, of course, uh, you know, it was, it was a little tough because he was a little wary of the, the hat. And, you know, because, you know, that could have been like a week that I could have been missing, but I only mm-hmm. missed one game. Yeah, that's that's called the 80s right there, just the way they handled a hit like that back then. Uh, I know that uh, Chelly has said that y- you and him have spoke since, and you guys are good. Is it good from your side? Well, not really, because uh, he just said one thing, but uh, last uh, summer uh, he, he, he posted something else that where it was pretty nasty uh, to reply about, you know, taking my head off and decapitating him and then Hextall fighting him. And so, you know, he, he's, he's that kind of guy that he doesn't lean, lean, lean from that, you know, but I just, just left it alone and, you know, I'm a better person for it. Yeah, it's called the high road. What did it feel like to know that Ron Hextall did what he did, and your, uh, you know, to have your back? That that means a lot. That's what that's what teammates are for. Yeah, he, 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 it means so much for me. Just uh, you know, I, I talk to Ron all the time, and I, I'm really proud of what he did. Just to back me out, uh, back me up. Uh, I mean, uh, he, he's such a great leader and a competitor, a competitor that uh, really made a big difference for me. You know, I'm really happy that what he what he did and. Uh, you know, I'll never forget it. And, uh, you know, so uh, that's, that's, it's been good and good luck for him in Pittsburgh now. Yeah. Not too much luck though. <laughs> um, proper Claude Giroux, like I mentioned right off the hop is kind of, uh, is knocking on you on, on the points list here. Uh, what have you seen out of the captain over his career? That's really impressed you. Yeah. Well, he's uh, he, he gets a lots of ice time and uh, he's a, one of the uh, most uh, talented players, uh, you know, with uh, getting the ice and setting up on the power play and uh, things like that. Uh, you know, just uh, he needs to be more consistent. He, he doesn't score too much. He, he has streaks where he doesn't uh, score for 15 goals. And you, you can't have that with a, a player like, like that. You have to be more consistent with scoring because that uh, will help the, the, the team. And I know that, you know, they're 11 pounds, 11 pounds out of the playoffs right now. And he's 13 years into the league. And so, like, it looks like he might not make in the playoffs again this year. So he just has to be a little more consistent when it uh, comes to scoring. Uh, would you have liked to have played in this era? It's obviously. Oh, I loved it. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah look, at, you got the three on three and, and shootouts and things like, you know, like, like, how many points would I have got? I mean, <laughs> in the 80s, like, we, we only had a, a, a overtime a, a, for a couple of times. And so, you know, but, uh, but you know, when, uh, when, the, when it counts, like, I know that I, I – in uh in the playoffs like uh, especially when i was in minnesota like the, the biggest uh overtime goal i scored was game one against chicago mm-hmm. against uh, minnesota because you know we, we weren't supposed to get there but we beat them and then we went on to st louis and then the oilers and then we went to pittsburgh and then unfortunately pittsburgh was too strong with uh, Lemieux playing and taking off a little bit, but you know I'm very proud of my uh, Scott stats in the playoffs. I was I was five times in the Stanley Cup Finals. I played for the Canada Cup uh, team that won, and I, I Spangler I, Cup team Spangler Cup, and then I played junior junior uh, a couple there's uh, in for Team Canada World Championship. I was there a couple times when we lost in the playoffs in '82 and '83, and I played with Gretzky there, and so like. Uh, you know, the experience made a big difference for me and uh, just I'm very happy, uh, especially winning the Canada Cup was uh, special for me. Yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, Saskatchewan boys, they always say the Saskatchewan boys are the lowest maintenance. They always said that, right? 
But yeah, well, we show up, do your job. Down to ETH. Uh, ETH we work hard and we uh, we try to give back and uh, and, and uh, you know and and I did the radio for nine years for the Flyers too. So uh, Tim Saunders was was great for me and uh, you know I still love him and you know it's, uh, after my stroke like I can't talk that well so like I don't know how to give that up. But uh, you know other than that I'm very happy with. Uh, what I've done with the Flyers, I'm on the board of the Flyers alumni, helping them with their you know, charity golf and other things that they have going on. And so I keep in contact, especially with, uh, you know, all the people in the uh, alumni, like the Devils, the Rangers, uh, Pittsburgh, uh, Washington and, and the Islanders and Boston. You know, I'm on the board of uh, Boston alumni because, you know, I, I just gave them a deal. If they, if they uh, order through me, uh, they'll get 17, 15% off uh, yeah. that they order. Uh, um, let me ask you a question, because a lot of uh, players listen to this. Their dad might listen, and they listen to it as well. And I'd love to ask guys that were really had such elite skills like you did, and you scored so many goals. What, what's the, the, the trick to scoring? What's the science of scoring according to Brian Propp? What's the thing that you exploited? Well, I learned from my dad, who was a Lutheran minister. And so like, uh, we, I grew up in a small town of 300 people. So uh, all we had to do was skate and then uh, we were down in town. And so we skated on the on the ponds when it got cold. And then, then when the ice got uh, frozen on the national ice, you know, I could skate in the rink at the time. But I, I used my time to uh, skate a little bit more and always shoot and always hit the corner the right way, pick the corner and, and never, never try to get, miss the net. And so I think that what uh, it did for me is because uh, the quick shot that I had, uh, the, being in the right place, going for the replay, replays, uh, standing in front of the net, taking a hit and uh, making sure that you're consistent. That's all the better players uh, in the in the world really do. Like uh, Ovechkin is is tough because he has a, such a great shot. Mm. And uh, but and I and I think you know like I still skate with uh, Vorchuk's uh, one uh, stick now, but it's so much better. I mean, I I can't imagine uh, that I I scored those goals from the, the Titan that I used. The, the, it was straight, straight, no straight, no curve. I, I can't. I I'm thinking about. Why did I do that? I should have been sh shooting more. Yeah, those sticks now, yeah, they make anybody be able to just wire pucks, right? And see, that like I've always said this, like guys that are, have that elite ability to score, they know when the goalie's weight is on a certain leg. They may not know they know it, but they know it. They know where to shoot the puck to make life living hell for the goaltender. A lot of it is getting it off fast. It's not necessarily hard sometimes. It's getting it off your stick quick, right? Well, it's that and uh, shooting for re 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 rebounds, rebounds too. I mean, because like if you shoot, you have a chance to score. But a lot of times, like you'll shoot to get the rebound and then be right there and get the rebound first. Because a lot of people just miss the net and shoot it high and then it comes back around. So like I always uh, shot like I wanted to shoot like a foot uh, over the pads and it, that it gives a re 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 rebound every time. I say that all the time uh, to, to my youth team. I say it on here all the time, talking about the Flyers. Shoot with a purpose. P.O.P. Puck on pads, drive for the rebound, and you will score a lot of goals. And th th you're right. That's the way to do it. Um, proper, let me ask you one last thing. What's it meant to you to be a Flyer uh, for you know such a big part of your life? Oh, well, it's 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 awesome. I mean, I, I grew up here with the Flyers. I've been here the last 41 years. Uh, I do a lot of things for the charities and, 
you know, I know that I work with Wolf Commercial Real Estate and, you know, we've been doing a couple of celebrity hockey events the last four or five years. And we oh, raised I did about 100,000, 80,000 for the charities, six charities. And uh, I use six former alumni and we split up the, the two teams, which makes it a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, then we have a, a dinner after at Victory Bar in Berlin. And uh, so, but it's all about giving back and having fun with the, the players that are there, that they, they know why they're there to, uh, to, to help with the charity. Yeah, entertain the people that come out. And uh, I played in one of them uh, with your group, and it was awesome. I got dummied by Todd Fedoric, though. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, he's uh, not. Yeah, yes, he is. Uh, proper. Tell, tell everybody about BrianProp.com. Uh, so uh, BrianProp.com, uh, I have a lot of information on that. Uh, I've, you know, I've got different events that I've gone on. I've got, uh, I, 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 with it, uh, the, the Twitter uh, comes in and, and all the things that I show. Like, and, then, and, I'll, and now for my GuffawCigars.com, uh, it's more about the cigars and uh, mm-hmm. And, and then and events that I can uh, do. So like what I'm doing now is I'm doing some cigar nights for restaurants and golf clubs and uh, started that. And, and now the, the golf season is getting around, you know, so I start to play a lot of golf and then I, you know, I sell my cigars there too. Awesome. Uh, check it out. BrianProp.com and GuffawCigars.com as well. Proper, when you were drafted here in the uh, 1979 NHL entry draft, 14th overall, uh, we didn't know at the time that uh, we were gaining a citizen for life, but you've been a great addition to the Philadelphia community. And I'm not going to stop saying it. You belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and I, I sincerely hope that you end up there. Your numbers, your career, it speaks for itself, and you belong in that NHL Hall of Fame. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Special thanks to Brian Prop for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily, and he belongs in the Hall of Fame. Google his numbers. Look at his career numbers. They are incredible, what he was able to accomplish in his career. Just put up points every single season um, and did it very consistently and then eventually turned into a playoff performer, a point-per-game playoff performer as well. So thanks to Prime Prop for joining us on this episode of Flyers Daily. Flyers Rangers tonight. We'll break it down on tomorrow's Friday episode. In the meantime, everybody enjoy your hockey tonight, and we'll talk to you on tomorrow's Flyers Daily.